My name is Hunter Holtzapel, host of Beyond the Reservoir, and I'm excited to share with you the people and technology that make up the Reservoir performance team here at SLB. My hope is that you leave this episode having learned more about the guests and what they do in the energy industry and their career along the way. Today, it is my pleasure to introduce Matt Billingham, Technical Director for Well Intervention. Matt, great to have you on the show, and thanks for joining. Thank you so much. Very happy to be here. Yes, and here, by here, where are you uh, presently? And today I'm in Paris. I'm very lucky to live in Paris, a fantastic place, but it also makes traveling for you know, international-wise a lot easier than some of the geographic areas. I can either head east or west, so yeah. that's super. Yeah, and time-wise, you're kind of right in the middle, so you can talk to it people is. in the east and west. Well, it can mean some very early starts and yeah, some very late true. evenings as well, but no, yeah. that's fine. Yeah, yeah. That's, I guess, the, the good part about being a, a global company is we have uh, 24 yes. hours. There's always someone up and working. Absolutely. Um, so technical director, Matt, can you tell us a little bit more about what, what that means and what it means specifically for a technical director of well intervention? Yeah, uh, absolutely. Um you know, as a technical director, which was something, you know, I, I never thought I would become. Um, we'll talk maybe later a little bit how I started. But I'm, I'm very lucky to be able to look after the domain um, for well intervention. And, and that's a very interesting thing, because if you think, you know, of our historic domains in the past, um, especially from a wireline background, and that's where domain was really created. You know, I remember Frank Schrey, you know, putting together why do we log and why domain is so important because it's the core technical knowledge. Um, and we had, you know, the typical domains in there, reservoir, petrophysics, geophysics, etc. Um, and maybe that was when, you know, a few years back, you know, we were maybe a you know, before, let's say, the creation of reservoir performance, mm -hmm. uh, I was from a wireline background, wireline and testing background, and it was very focused around those types of domains. But, you know, business has changed a great deal. And now we have this intervention group, and I've been very lucky to to cover most of the intervention technologies, both in, both in the field and on the management scale. So I look after theory of the domain that I'm very Glad to work with some close partners, such as the head of domain for Coltubin as well, mm -hmm. who's within RPI. But my role there is to look after the technical community. We're trying to put together a training program so that we can give a cross-domain knowledge across all the intervention services we have. But it's also very much to work with senior management to make sure that the strategic roadmap for the technology that we are developing is relevant in the near, mid, and long-term future which is uh, an aspect that I really do enjoy because it means we've got to be close to the market. We've got to analyze it and we've got to have hopefully accurate perceptions of what's going to be required in the future. And it's yeah. an area where there's a lot of innovation going on. Um, clients are becoming much more production focused, a lot more focused on intervention that we'll talk probably about later. And, and hence, you know, I would say that those are the key things as well as, you know, a lot of external, which is part of having the right perceptions, client mm -hmm. engagement, which is something that I really enjoy. I also spend quite a lot of time as a technical director looking at new technologies and interfacing with startup companies and oh, assessing wow. the technology that they have. Where could it be applied? Is this going to be a game changer? You hear the game term game changer an yeah. awful lot. 
And uh, that side I find very exciting because you're working with enthusiastic small startups, et cetera, a lot of passion and innovation, which is wonderful to be around. Yeah, certainly. And, and it's nice to see how uh, um, involved you are. I know we might talk about this a little bit more uh, in, in, later in the show, but uh, um, it's amazing to see kind of uh, the influence that, that um, you know, the, the change of this perception, the creation of this kind of role and uh, more focus on well intervention as a whole has had. Because I know, um, uh, you know, the company started some initiatives and um, I think it's really, we've seen an increase in the in the well intervention work uh, overall. Um, and, and there's no doubt that you've uh, had a heavy part in that. So uh, awesome. It's good to, good to see you in the role. And I know I can see the passion, uh, you know, anytime we interact. So very cool. Um, but you didn't start. You didn't start uh, as technical director. Uh, you started uh, back in the field. Can you talk a little bit from mm. how briefly how you started in the field and got to uh, technical director? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I always wanted a relatively adventurous career. I was very lucky mm-hmm. that I took uh, what back then was called a thick sandwich course. So I did a year in industry, and I'd, I'd studied electrical engineering. And I don't want to upset anyone, but <laughs> my year in uh, industry was a real eye-opener because I realized the last thing in the world I wanted to do was electrical engineering. Yeah. <laughs> even today, it's like, why didn't I pick a different subject like mechanical engineering, which is much more my aptitude? Um, so I, I came to this decision point. I was like, well, what am I going to do? It was a choice. Maybe I joined the Navy. Um, and I was, you know, uh, in the recruitment process there. Family weren't too keen on that due to family history, to be honest. Uh, and But it was like, well, I want something exciting then. And it was like, well, work offshore. That sounds so exciting. Yeah. And, and and to be honest, I mean, I lived in the south of England. No one in the south of England knows anything about yeah. the oil business. You know, if you yeah. know anything about the oil business from the UK, you're from Scotland, which is much yeah. more prevalent. So I told my parents I want to go and work offshore. They seemed to be under the impression I would go in the well to look at it. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, I, I wrote for a bunch of oil field service companies. I don't know why I didn't apply to operators. I can't remember that. But everyone rejected me except for Schlumberger or yeah. SLB now. I uh, went to a series of interviews and, and was offered a job as something, you know, that just hit me. And then the next thing I know, I'm going offshore on a helicopter to the Maureen platform. Never forget it. <laughs> Up for hours on end. I know things have changed. Eating steak sandwiches in the yeah. OSU on a CSU. For those who won't even remember this, this was uh, very old, the acquisition computer. I'd come from an IBM background and it was like, oh, we had big computers and then I'm working on this big aluminium block um, with a keyboard with paper typing, you know, 30 years (laughs) in the industry. It was a bit different back then. Um, but I started and it was wireline and testing. And, and typically, if you started in wireline, you start with an open hole background. And within the training school, they came to us, or six of us, and said, look, we need case toll engineers. You guys are going to spend more time at the school. And went into the field and basically, you know, funnily enough, was told, you've got to break out of open hole. But they kept sending me on case toll jobs. And it was already my passion. Yeah. I, you know, I, again, I don't want to upset anybody, but other than MDT, for me back then, and, and actually, let's be honest, it was RFT back then, um, <laughs> it was very much open caliper and log up and uh, developing a product, you know, a log, which is fantastic. But for me, I much more enjoyed the hands-on and let's go and do something. So it was perforating, yeah. setting plugs, etc. There was a lot of logging as well, but I liked the hands-on, working with explosive, working with pressure equipment. And, and that's what got me into the intervention side. And a very true story, uh, 
forgive me, long answer, but uh, it will come up. But I, I have an absolute passion for intervention. And, mm-hmm. and the reason that was, and it's published in one of my papers, I tell this story. But, you know, when I started in the oil industry, they were talking about peak oil. Okay. And I love the outdoors. Okay. I love cycling. I used to rock climb. Love the countryside. Mm-hmm. So there's a bit of an environmental side of me. I joke sometimes. I'm a bit of a hippie. Um, but I want, I, I, you know, you're thinking peak oil and you think, well, I live this wonderful lifestyle. I've got energy security. I'm very lucky, you know, with regards to the majority of population in the world. So if we're going to run out of oil and gas, but it gives me energy security, we've got to get the maximum out of these reserves for future generations, you know. Mm-hmm. And of course, that's completely changed. You know, we have abundant oil and gas. Yeah. Thanks to but a lot the, of unconventionals. <laughs> it, it absolutely. Unconventionals changed everything. And I was lucky enough to be out there doing the first ever tractor perfs before Pump Down Perf came yeah. uh, in the Barnets when Devon was starting that. But the thing was, it's still the same. We've still got to get the most out of the existing reserves that we have. Because from a CO2 perspective, this is the lowest carbon footprint production that we can do today. You know, typically all companies have increased their reserves replacement either by the bit or they can do some intervention. But interventions never really got people too excited. I think that's really changing today. Mm -hmm. Uh, The fact that we had the 2015 downturn, we had COVID. We've typically seen production efforts increase after a downturn, but then everyone gets excited when drilling starts again. And there was an extended period here. And now combined with the environmental press, uh, net zero targets, I think the intervention business and let's say production side of the business has become all the more important. Um, so the, and, and in my mind, I feel that I'm doing a great deal. We talk about for a balanced planet. Mm-hmm. I really do feel in my day-to-day job, I am absolutely contributing to that by bringing through further production via intervention than necessarily by drilling. Yes. So, so, uh, again, tremendous. I can totally see the, the enthusiasm and, and uh, passion for intervention. Um, and, and it's, it's cool to see that you started. I don't know. Cool is probably the wrong word, but, uh, um, interesting to see that you started, uh, your career in, in that, you know, very early on and pretty much, uh, I think stuck with it. Um, you know, there's a lot of careers where people bounce all over. Um, but that's not how you become a, a technical director. So I think one thing we see a lot in SLB is, uh, this kind of ambition or, or desire to bounce all over, go all over. Um, and, uh, you know, there's still something to be said about really diving into something that you, you love. And if you do and you love it and you truly are passionate about it, um, th- there, there's a career path for that as well. Um, and, and so that's really, I think, powerful to, to see and, and for the listener to hear. Um, and, and, and I think there's a lot, you know, Okay, let me backtrack a little bit. Personally, I can get maybe a little bored or 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 kind of like, oh, I'm doing the same thing over and over again. But uh I think there's so much more that you can do if you find it within the role or within the domain. And I I think one of those things is external um uh, societies and and clubs and memberships. And I think you're a big advocate of that and and you know prominent in uh, 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 other societies. Can you touch on that, on how yeah, um, you can expand your, uh, your domain? Yeah, yeah. So uh, I, w- I do a lot of work with the Intervention and Cold Tubing Association. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, next year will be the 30-year anniversary 
and I published my first paper with them in around, it would have been 96. It was reperforating the West Sole platform in the Southern North Sea. Uh, this is where I started to see the power of intervention by you can reperforate it every couple of years. It was very exciting, helicopter lifts onto a tiny little platform. And um, but that got me my first engagement, first paper. Um, later on, as I, you know, worked developed within my career uh i started to engage more with icota and you know icota is the biggest association with regards to intervention uh, in the world uh, mm -hmm. got about six chapters globally and it's like anything when you really enjoy it which we mentioned earlier and you got a passion for it the goals because i knew i wanted to do well within icota and i, I sort of set a road path of why I, you know and one of the reasons i wanted to do well and this could be with any association could it be the spe because be spwla etc is that when you engage in that association there's a few things that happen one your professional network completely changes mm -hmm. uh, and i think anyone who's not engaged in an association like that really misses an opportunity because the discussion you have with a lot of operators moves from just a purely service company operator relationship with sometimes deemed you know a supply chain commercial type mm -hmm. thing to a much more let's say open discussion and i've really enjoyed that um it, it's been absolutely fantastic but obviously you know participating not only changes the conversation but it gets you some external visibility as well. Now, mm -hmm. I've been 30 years with SLB, Schlumberger, SLB now. Uh, and, you know, there's a reason for that. Um, but it's still, you know, even if I think I'm working for one of the very best companies in the world, that external exposure and network is extremely valuable. Mm -hmm. um, and, and, and being able to also create you know, through paper publication, et cetera, participation in events, conferences, uh, a, let's say a, a, an external reputation as well, which has been very valuable to me. It has definitely opened doors. And I would say to anyone, you know, who hasn't got involved in that type of activity, you really should examine them because it makes work much more enjoyable mm -hmm. from myself, uh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. I think uh, a, a takeaway that I heard is, is one, um, uh, again, you, you know, you can be totally passionate and really pursue a career in, in one little thing. You don't have to always jump around, but to, um, the, the societies give you a, a kind of bigger view and also open a lot of networking possibilities and just, Absolutely. um, allow you to have conversations. I like what you said, uh, cause I had the same experience when I was in Midland as sales. When you talk to the customer, like a phone call or whatever, it's, it's, it's customer, uh, client relationship. But when you're at a society, you can talk freely. It's all, it's just very weird. Uh, and I didn't realize it until you just said that. Um, that's a great point. Um, and, and yeah, I think it's good that, uh, you know, anyone, everyone can get involved in any number of societies, as you said. So yeah, I appreciate absolutely. you sharing that. Um, so, so, uh, you know, you started in the field, we mentioned that, and then, uh, how did you get to, um, uh, 
how did you kind of find yourself into the the domain? Um, did you have a conversation with someone? Did you just make it be known to anyone who'd listen? Or how did you kind of get into that domain and stay there for, for so long? Um, so I always wanted to learn. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like interventions because for, there's so many problems and bottlenecks with intervention to solve. I was extremely lucky in, in wanting to learn that actually back in about 96, the flagship project started for BP Witch Farm, and I got the opportunity to go and run some of the first ever jobs. This was the first ever, let's say, production log. They used to be about 100 feet long, so mm-hmm. a nightmare to rig up. <laughs> um, it was old CPLT technology, and you didn't want anything to fail. But this was all the predecessor to the FSI, so I became a global expert in cold tube and logging. Mm-hmm. And, and, and and it's the passion to learn and wanting to learn. So, you know, I was creating the name for my space. And back then, you know, I would say globally, there was this sort of little network of about 12 of us who were mm-hmm. what we regarded ourselves as some of the strongest, best production logging guys. And, and of course, I was had a bit of a that testing background. And I was learning coil because I was doing coil tubing logging. Mm-hmm. Moved to Norway. And this luck to an extent, but I always think, you know, luck makes itself through effort. Yeah. So I got to Norway and was, you know, going starting to do these cold tube in horizontal logging jobs and then tractors arrive. Mm-hmm. And I remember the first people in Shlomo, oh, tractors will never work. Yeah. But I went out, I think I did the second ever tractor job in the North oh, wow. Sea. And, and I soon became an expert, and I've always been quite vocal. So I got to meet with the senior management. It was a dinner one night and had my opinion on why we should be doing things different in the case to whole world. Mm-hmm. And the next thing, I got a phone call. I was on vacation. I was surfing down in the south of England. Would you be interested in becoming Tractor Product Champion? Uh, would I? <laughs> Jump the chance. Yeah. This is absolutely fantastic. And this was all when MaxTrack was going to be commercialized, which fairly we had some issues but then we got to set up you know tough track the resolve platform this was all launched while i was a product champion and i was working towards technical director without even realizing it and then mm-hmm. later in my career i've been running slickline in north america um and i got asked actually you know what would you like to do in the future and i said well i want to get more of a marketing and a strategic role um and more of a technology in that guidance. And that's where I was luckily offered to come over because Slickline had just been pulled into electric line within SLB. Mm-hmm. And could I integrate the two portfolios? And it was like, yes, that would be wonderful. Um, we did that. It was a very successful integration of Slickline and Wireline. And then, of course, we created Intervention. And it was at that stage I got asked at first, you know, will be the technology, uh, sorry, the technical director mm-hmm. um, for that. And that's how I, I fell into this role. I, I think it was also a function. It, it was a natural progression. I had been challenged by a wildline president to increase my credentials with regards to my uh, technical visibility. So mm-hmm. I engaged with the SLB internal, uh, let's say, SETC process, mm-hmm. which is a fantastic system. And again, this is another one for people. If you don't do it and you've got a technical background and you're in the right role, do it because yeah. it gets you that internal recognition that is properly scored and ranked with regards to your technical credibility. I made it to advisor. And, and and things fell into place. I had at that stage when I was being by the wildline president, you know, 
we want you to take on more visibility and that's it right i, I will be a technical director yeah. and uh, you know when i look back to when i started as a wireline engineer i mentioned on the west soul reaper for a hit mm-hmm. um, if someone had said to me back then you know you're going to become a technical director i'd have laughed at <laughs> yeah you know i'm just enjoying my job and uh you know it's a tough industry you know i was it was very demanding how long will i even last at this so to make it all the way through to a technical director and advisor is you know a, a, a dream come true I, I think to be honest there's an element of right place right time but there's also mm-hmm. as again it's an element but if you've got the drive and the passion I think those things, you make your own luck to an extent. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so never feel it's you know entirely luck at all. I, I feel very lucky in a way to be in my position, but I also feel like I've worked for it as well, to yeah, be yeah. quite honest. Yeah, I was going to actually... Uh... That that phrase, you know, cr- you create your own luck or make your own luck, was was coming to mind as you were talking, and, and was going to bring it up. So I'm glad you did. Um, and, and I don't know if this is the the case uh, for you, but uh, along the way, I mean, I think I think the the hard work speaks for itself. And uh, for you know, if, if you're in a you know a, a lower role or even a higher role, uh, let the hard work speak because I think people see it and and it gets noticed. Uh, it seems like you know you worked hard and and, and had opinions and um that's another thing i think is don't be afraid to share opinions um in the right way uh because people will appreciate that well just to evolve on that if you're doing something you really enjoy i think this is very important to talk to people at the beginning of their career Mm -hmm. you know even maybe when they're deciding what degree to take do something that you see a future in but you enjoy because then we talk about hard work, but to be quite frank, if you're enjoying it, it's not hard work. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing that's very much required is you've got to feel and see you see progress and you're successful. And I do feel, <laughs> but you know, I remember when we were siloed a little bit within SLB, we had called Tubin services, we had wireline service, we had slick line services, we had you know, some of the surface testing, all all these elements in different mm-hmm. product lines. And I know I work with a group of people who really felt that with this was a missed opportunity and that to be client centric, we needed these intervention services in one home where, you know, there's so much synergy. And uh, I really would like to hope that I've been part of the reasoning behind the logic to create RPI intervention uh and for me you know that that is a just a you know we're seeing the success of it three years into this journey mm-hmm. and, and that just confuses me further because okay you know we're only three years into rpi yeah. um we've completely changed the industry perception as to us being an intervention company we absolutely are i think you know key key player in that industry mm-hmm. and and it, it infuses me moving looking to the future that there's so much f- further opportunity for us yeah yeah it's it's tremendous to see and it's very cool to see the the progress um for sure um so you, you know your, your career spanned uh, a, a while now um that's uh, polite get, yeah <laughs> sorry <laughs> so, so, uh, during your career <laughs> well it's 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 you know it's 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 a, a good uh, a good career let's say that um and, and during that time um is there anything that really stands out that is either the best memory or something that you're most proud of because you've done a lot of things um is there anything you can like point back to and say that's that's my favorite time of of my career 
It's a couple of moments. You know, one of the funny things was making my GFE. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and that was obviously in the very early days. I actually felt when I got my GFE, I'd done more than getting my degree, which yeah, was interesting. Yeah. I can uh, um, agree to that. <laughs> that was nice stuff. Things I'm really proud of is going in to be the product champion for the Max Track mm-hmm. and being able to convince the HQ at that time that we needed a different track to technology and that we actually needed to start to launch the mechanical services platform, mm-hmm. which became Resolve, became Resolve IX, which has been a fairly long journey that we've been on. So I'm very proud of that. Uh, further on, you know, I'm very proud to have got my master's degree through SLB. Mm-hmm. I did the Harry mm-hmm. Watt program. And I'm finally making my advisor, you know, that, yeah. that again, um, as well as, forgive me, it's a list, but I'm very proud of all of these things, becoming the global chairman uh, for ICOTA, yeah. indeed, and, and wow. chairing the national, you know, the international, sorry, conference, um, winning the Curtis Blount Best Paper uh, just last year was a real highlight. So yeah, I, I'm right. lucky. I've got lots of highlights. And they're, 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 of course, they're just the professional. I do have to feel that lots of wonderful personal. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely, um, of course. It's from professional that, that absolutely feel yeah. very privileged to have been through that journey. Yeah, I'm sure it would have been hard to just pick. Uh, one single one. So that's, I mean, it's, 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 it's great. It's a tremendous uh, career. Um, but we all know, uh, that everything's not always gold. You know, there are some, some struggles in, in careers. There are some lowlights and I'm not going to ask Ooh, you yeah. to list every one. Um, but, but if you can think back to those, you know, kind of troughs in the career, what, what helped you get through it? Is it just kind of the bigger vision or, yeah. um, you know, the hard work or what, what helped you specifically get through those, those tough periods? I, I think everything's a learning experience. You know, mm-hmm. no matter how hard you get knocked, and every career occasionally gets hard knocks. I've definitely had some hard knocks. I'm glad you don't want the details of them. Yes. <laughs> um, but rather than thinking of it as a, uh, as a as just a knock, it's, okay, well, what can I learn from this? You know, how yeah. do I prevent that happening next time? Um, um, not dwelling on it, learning from it. That's the whole thing. Um mm-hmm. You, know, you use many expressions, you know, no pain, no gain, etc. Yeah. But every, everything is, you, you've got to look back on those things. And if you didn't go through those modes, if you weren't making mistakes to an extent, probably you weren't pushing it enough. I mean, yeah. mistakes through negligence, fair enough, you know. No, we yeah, don't yeah. want that. But we can make mistakes. And, yeah, everything's a learning experience. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, uh, fair enough. And, and I think if you, if you do have a bigger, uh, vision in mind or kind of a North star, um, uh, you, yes. you definitely can, can work through it. I mean, I think, I think everyone will experience the hard parts, but don't give up, especially if you have something that you're pushing towards. Yeah, um, absolutely. And, and, and it doesn't mean because you don't make it the first time, you know, I had a recent one, uh, just cause you don't make it the first time doesn't mean that that mission's over. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got that North Star, as you said, absolutely. You know, if if you believe in sync and you have the clarity, you know, I, I really believe if, you, if you've if you got an end goal and you've got the clarity in it, the, let's say the strategy and the tactics just fall out. It becomes logical. That's what mm-hmm. I want to do. So this is where I'm going to be. And these, these are the things I'm going to do. 
Perfect. Yeah, I like it. Uh, great advice. Um, now on the, the other side of the career you mentioned earlier and your list of accomplishments, you know, there's a personal life. We all have personal lives. Um, what, what, uh, uh, interests do you, do you have outside of work? I know you, uh, cycle from a, a meeting we had in a hotel. I saw you on the Peloton and, uh, in fact, I now have a Peloton. Um, but, uh, outside of work, uh, what, what interests you and, in, in what, uh, you know, keeps you, uh, being occupied? Yeah. Um, cycling is an absolute passion. Um, I don't know how we're going to move next time because we must have some like 16 to 20, but I can't even keep count. Oh, wow. <laughs> we, we just bought a tandem bike. Oh, that's cool. From the 1930s and restored it. I, yeah. I, 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 I love the physical aspect of um, being on a bike, keeping fit. I cycle to work every day. I'm not in my cycling yeah. gear now, but after this, I'll be on the bike heading back out of Paris. It uh, means get all my exercise done. That's why mm-hmm. even when I travel, I keep on the bike. You know, keeping fit is very important. Just as I said earlier, if you, if you enjoy work, it's not hard work. If I, I, I cycling, I enjoy. I get my exercise. It's not. I'm not exercise. I'm just on the yeah. bike. And but I love it from an engineer. I love all sides from the engineering. So my cellar at home is basically a bike mechanic workshop. Yeah, that's uh, cool. All my friends come round. Um, my son's just starting to get into it without me cajoling him into doing yeah. it. And I get to travel places. I get to visit people. It's like any passion. It's not just doing that. It's the interaction with people as well. Yeah. Um, so, so cycling is uh, a very, you know, anyone who's interested, yeah, I'm on Strava. <laughs> It we'll doesn't exist if you. you're not on Strava and things <laughs> like that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I, I used to cycle qu- quite a bit more than I used to. I'm a little bit, uh, to be honest, afraid of cycling in Houston, um, but uh, I do enjoy it. And uh, I've subbed in with the Peloton, which is is pretty right, good. Right. Yeah. Um, and and you also mentioned uh, uh, your son, uh, and, and earlier I believe your daughter. Um, so uh, you know what what impression uh, do you want to leave on them uh, as you you know whether it's in personal life or and or work? Um, because I know uh, at least when I became a father, life kind of changed. I know it's cliche, but uh, now like everything's got a different perspective. Um, is there anything that uh, you could say you want to leave you know or, or you know impression on them? Um, in your career and personal life? Yeah. Um, the interesting thing is that it, it's, my, it's my daughter's 17th birthday today, actually. So mm. we're out wow. tonight. Yeah. Um, Happy birthday. I, 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 if I leave something on them, actually, jokingly, the impression my wife gives is probably a better influence than me in some aspect. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I think for them, is this thing again about do something you're passionate about and you enjoy i mean but make sure there's a future in it as well if you're mm-hmm. not so be targeted um my kids work extremely hard and i'm incredibly proud of them um my, my daughter for those you know she's won a few contests such as the uh young culture she was over in abu dhabi at an international fashion contest for that mm-hmm. you won the French side oh, wow. uh, and I, I could put a different spin on it actually my kids taught me an incredible amount um, yeah. I, I, I won't go through all of the details but I think any parent as you see them become their own personality and the way that they approach life is fantastic now of course 
a few things have rubbed off on the kids. So they're both jokingly, you know, a joke, but, you know, we've, well, what's one of your focuses, dad? You know, what's at work? And, you know, so right now, a lot of focus from my mind, technically on P&A. And mm-hmm. it's jokingly, I mean, there's occasionally at the dinner table, it's, oh, dad, I've had an idea. And the bizarre one was my daughter coming up with, well, can't you make the rock sort of grow into the well and trap it? Or cool. That's already, you know, swelling shales and there's all sorts of stuff going on. So it's quite interesting. They do listen to some of what dad gets up to. (laughs) Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, you mentioned listening. It's amazing how much the kids listen. Uh, You know, our daughter's almost three and it's like, well, I already have to be extra careful because they know so much. It's like, it's wild. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I like what you said about them teaching. I've never heard it that way before. Um, uh, in this, in the show, but it's, it's so true. Uh, just, you know, seeing them grow and learn themselves. And, and I can say, if you can negotiate with a toddler, uh, you can, you can probably negotiate in, in business. <laughs> yeah. um, well, also last night, I mean, I'm having to remember my A-level physics, you know, mm-hmm. which is yeah. the 17 year stage. That that's interesting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. No, it's good. I think parenthood is, is uh, tremendous. Um, so uh, we're getting close to uh, uh, the time, um, but I, I think it'd be good to hear from you. You know what what um, you would tell a, a new uh, recruit or just anyone going into uh, industry um, in general as, as a new um, fresh grad uh, or, or you know year one or whatever. Um, is there any advice you give that person um, uh, as they start their career? Yeah. Um- I, I, I'm worried that I'm going to sound a bit like a broken record. Um, but I really do believe it's – and I think – look, I went to university because I felt I had to go to university, mm-hmm. and um, it was the natural thing. And yeah, I did okay. I went back to university later in life because I wanted to yeah. and excelled. Not saying I didn't excel the first time, but read into that what you want. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. And that, but even you know when we we make it tough for young people when they start a career, they're gonna make or or even pick their degree, etc. So many choices. So again, make sure it's something that one there's a solid future in as and you can't always predict that. But more so than anything, you know, pick something that really interests you and fascinates mm-hmm. you so the hard work isn't hard work um that yeah. the the motivation isn't because i have to or because fiscally you know and, and i think actually generations of today have much more of this mindset than maybe my generation did mm-hmm. when we came through so they may be listening and going yeah it's obvious yeah um but i, I think that makes a huge difference and i think also you know i th- I wish I had learned this lesson earlier. You know, consider asking people to be a mentor. Yeah, you know, I'm certainly at an age now when I don't always have the time as much as I would like to do it. But certainly my mindset is changing that I'm at a stage now where much more my responsibility is trying to hope and coach. And I'm probably not as good as, as I would like to be but I think that's important, you know. So there are people out there who will try and help mentor, coach, um, and and to seek those types of people, you know, moving forward to to help you maybe move on in mm-hmm. your own career, etc. 
Yeah, I like that. That's those both uh, great things. Uh, I think finding a mentor, I wish I had found a, a mentor earlier. And then, um, you know, I, I personally find myself thinking if I could do school over again, I'd probably do the same thing. But I, I feel like I would have taken a lot more away from university or college if I were to do it now, um, <laughs> pay a little more attention. Um, and then, and then last, I think would be, um, you know, you, you touched on it earlier with, with intervention, but what, what excites you most about, we'll say, you know, the, the new uh, SLB, which, you know, is over a year old now, but the, the new SLB and uh, intervention in general, is there anything that like really excites you about those two things together? Yeah, I, I think, as I mentioned earlier, we are on the beginning of a journey as reservoir performance intervention, although we're three years into it. We're certainly seeing the power of having that organization due to the size of the business. There's obviously things to be improved, but I think there's so many challenges ahead of us. And mm -hmm. as we see the uh, production focus becoming much more important. So I'm looking forward to working on, you know, what do we do about water conformance? That's such a huge issue within the industry. What do we do with regards to making PNA? Uh, a more practical part of the business. There's this, yeah. You know, what excites me about intervention is we have so many challenges ahead of us, and mm -hmm. and the industry has is turning to these challenges, and I think more so than ever, wishing to address them. I think from an SLB perspective, I love the fact that you know we've got the core, we know the role of the core, but mm -hmm. we've got these other directions as well coming from the you know, most senior management uh, and looking where we go in the future with, you know, digital, where we're going in the future for new energy. Um, there is a transition. We are very much part of that transition. And, you know, I, I like, you know, from a, just saying to anyone who, who's concerned about the future, you know, come and join us in the intervention world because we are definitely yeah. working towards that balanced planet with, yeah. with the, all the approach that we're doing. Yeah, it really is. It really is, is, is amazing to see. And, and, uh, I, I think, you know, uh, w with you in, in a very nice position in that organization and role, we, we certainly have a great future and it's excited to see what you've, you and the team have done so far. And, and I'm excited to see the future, uh, definitely as, as we go forward. Um, well, thank you. Thank you uh, for joining Matt and, and, and really sharing more about, you know, your career and, and what motivates you. Uh, but before we go, I have some uh, rapid fire questions if you're oh, all right with that. Okay. Yes. Yes. All right. Okay. So uh, what is your favorite food? International career. I sport for choice. But if I had to really break it down, a lot of Asian flavors. I mm. love spicy food. It could be indian curry but a lot yeah. of let's say i mean malaysian food i've just had anything with spice but also family favorite gumbo okay wow interesting From louisiana uh, as well yeah yeah but uh not like uh uh i was expecting maybe you'd say something like roast or fish and chips no <laughs> so I mean, don't judge a book fish by and its chips is good but <laughs> if i had a choice later in life that would not be my tea no, yeah not at all. yeah Awesome. Um, now, if you were to go to a coffee shop, uh, would you pick, uh, or what would your coffee order or tea order be? Yeah, you know, just, well, okay, now you've done me because before <laughs> it was, I was expect, but actually, I mean, I do like coffee, but I drink a lot of now English breakfast tea. Okay. Yeah. Um, milk and sugar or just straight? No, milk and sugar. 
But no, yeah. actually, I used to have it. No, hardly. It's sweet enough now. Yeah. But not iced tea. Not a fan of oh, iced okay. tea. Sorry. No, not like the Texas oh. sweet tea. <laughs> no, sorry. Couldn't that one down. That doesn't hurt my feelings. Um, if you had to pick a beach vacation or a mountain retreat uh, for vacation, which would it be? You know, it's going to be the mountain retreat because I'm going to take yeah. the bike. Oh, yeah. nice. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if, if it was an active beach, you love it. But yeah. uh, ask me to sit on a beach for a day; it's just not going to happen. That's like my wife. She says, "No, we got to go do something." Yep. So that's good. Uh, we like the mountains too. Um, if you could meet any famous person, who would that be? Oof, that's a really difficult one, and um, yeah, I, 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 oof. I'd be. Oof. Uh, you've got me on that. There's so many people out there. Um, do you know, I, I'm really struggling to answer that one because there's so many different levels. I would actually, you know, maybe be interested in meeting one of the original, this sounds so terrible, one of the original pioneers within Schlumberger, yeah. Roger Yost, so the guys who first went into the field and I think these guys must have been real adventurers, real pioneers. Yeah. Um, there's a wonderful description in one of the Schlumberger history books mm -hmm. um, with regards to Yost and another colleague going to Russia for the first time, and they had to learn the language. Yeah. And uh, one, you know, went and studied and was, uh, you know, very uh, academic. And apparently Yost just went and got a Russian girlfriend. <laughs> yeah that's wild yeah i'm, I'm sure uh, i'm sure it'd be uh, uh very interesting to hear kind of what that because we know there's a lot of things we take advantage take for granted now um yeah especially like right now you know you can communicate with anyone in the company but back then not so much yeah. so i mean there's people you know like churchill and famous politicians and other people in history and that's why I'm struggling, but I think yeah. any anyone like the these were adventurous. Yeah. Edmund sure. Henry like may be an interesting one. Yeah. No, awesome. Yeah, that's a good and it's applicable to our, you know, careers and life. So <laughs> I like that one. All right, another tough one. Uh if you could recommend any book or podcast, what would that be? Uh well gonna be selfish. Podcast, I love Radio Lab. I mean, okay. the stuff they do on there, such diverse topics. Mm -hmm. Sunday, if I cook for the family after I get back off the bike, I will sit there and listen to that when I'm cooking. Yeah. If anyone's not listened to Radio Lab, absolutely brilliant, so diverse. Books, I'm going to make two if I don't mind, because yeah. for those who are listening, from a business perspective, I've never been a huge fan of business books, okay, because yeah. most of them you spend – a day reading and really yeah. you can condense it into one message. <laughs> but one book I really did like was the discipline of market readers, which was written by Michael Treacy mm -hmm. quite a long number of years ago. And I actually do think it's very relevant to SLB and the passage we've been through in the last 15 years. He argues in there that there's something very unique about a company that becomes a market leader and sustains it. And if you think in all field services, We've been there for 100 years, and that is so unique. You can look at Phantom 500s, and maybe they've been there for 10, 15. Yeah, but, not made like you know, this. Yeah, so, and I think, to me, that book explains quite a bit. I'm not mm -hmm. going to go into the detail. Let people read it if they want. Yeah, I'll have to pick it up. And then, and, and, and if I'm going to be self, selfish, because I'm sorry, you should. Yeah. Fiction, love Orwell's 1984. 
okay. hit uh, scared me. But more mildly, <laughs> follow on. There's also a wonderful book that I'm reading at the moment. It's a series of three by um, Haruki Murakami, which is mm-hmm. IQ 84, which anyone who likes the beginnings of cyberpunk, science fiction, etc., that's really interesting okay. to read as well. Very cool. I, I appreciate the multiple recommendations. I'll have to Sorry. Uh, check them out. No, it's good. Um, and and uh, yeah, I really appreciate you coming on the show again, Matt, and taking the time. I know you're a busy guy, um, leading the way in intervention uh, with the team there. Um, so again, appreciate it and look forward to seeing you soon uh, next time you're in Houston or at the next trade show. No, thank you, Hunter. Really enjoyed it. And uh, yeah, I hope uh, those who listen find some value in some of it yeah no definitely definitely well thank you again and i'll see you soon wonderful thank you very much thank you for listening to this episode of beyond the reservoir please tune in to all future episodes on your favorite podcast platform and thank you for tuning in